any profits you make as a sole trader or your share of the profit of a partnership uh, becomes your income. Hey, I'm Colin Gray, and this is UK Business Startup, the podcast which takes you step by step through starting your own venture. This week, we're talking structure. Now, if you're starting a business, one of the first decisions you have to make, after what you actually do, of course, is what structure you're going to follow. That's when terms like limited company, sole trader or partnership come up. And for a lot of people, that's really scary. It sounds like you're getting deep into the legalities at that point. This episode should be a big help here, though, giving you some tips on what company structure might suit you. Let's get into it. Hi, my name is Pete Matthew. I'm a chartered and certified financial planner, which is just a posh way of saying I'm a financial advisor, really. Managing the finances of a business is very much like managing personal finances, but a lot of us are not very good at that. So it's important to to put in good practices right from the start. So if you're going to set up as a sole trader or in a partnership with somebody else or as a limited company, you will manage things slightly different. So here's the nub of it. Each type of business works quite differently and actually often works as a bit of a pathway. A lot of people start out as sole traders or as part of a partnership and then they move on to become limited companies over time. Others though skip the path and jump straight in as limited. The question for most people is where do you start? I asked Pete if that's something he's asked a lot. Yes, it is. And usually the answer to that is tax. If you're a sole trader or a partnership, uh, you are your own entity as far as the revenue is concerned. So any profits you make as a sole trader or your share of the profit of a partnership uh, becomes your income. Now, if business is good and you get to the stage where your, uh, your share of the profits is more than 42000 or thereabouts, you're going to be paying higher rate tax, 40%. So that's pretty steep. Whereas in a limited company, the money comes into the company and it pays corporation tax. The difficulty with a company is getting money out. So there's two ways you can get money out of a limited company, salary and dividends. It's usually the most tax-efficient environment uh, is to be in a limited company, depending on your anticipated turnover. So if it's going to be more than 40, 50, 60,000, I would definitely look at a limited company. So Pete gives us a good ballpark there. Are you in the region of £50,000 turnover? Then you might want to think about incorporating. Remember, though, there's a lot more that goes into it than that. And one of the biggest is even more legal. That's liability. So the clues in the name, the limited in limited company, that talks to the limited liability that you have as the company owner or director. When you incorporate, that just means creating a limited company. Suddenly that company is its own entity. It's like a person itself. It has its own bank account, its own money, and it can shoulder the blame when something bad happens. That means debt, legal issues, and a whole lot more. As a sole trader, though, the company is you and only you. As a partnership, there's two of you, but it's the same principle. You're the ones that take on all the responsibility. So I asked Gordon to give us some examples, and we came up with a hypothetical gardener called Bill and a cafe owner called Amy. Here's what his first question for Bill would be. Could you have substantial personal liability if something goes wrong? His liability when he sets starts out is only to himself. He doesn't have any employees. It's unlikely that he's going to reach the VAT threshold with his turnover and he's going to be dealing with householders. There's little point in incorporating a company and operating through a limited company with the additional regulation and reporting requirements that that entails in his circumstances. In Amy's case, she ticks all the boxes for adopting 
a trading style of a limited company. Number of reasons. First of all, you have your liability. Liability under food hygiene standards. Liability to public who are wandering in and out of your premises. She's taken on a lease on the rented property. So again, she has a continuing liability there. Far better that these things are can conducted through a limited company where there is some shelter from personal liability. We also need to consider the size of our business. I think it's fairly likely that she'll cross through the VAT registration within her first 12 months of trading. It would be better for her to segregate any liability to tax that she can by having an incorporated company. Once again, she's employing people. The moment you employ staff, you are at risk. For example, if you dismiss someone, an employee unfairly, there is unlimited liability. So it makes sense for Amy to incorporate a company. So Pete mentioned turnover as one factor. Then Gordon took us to liability, company size, whether you have staff, lots of things in there. The big thing is, this should give you an idea, but every business is different, of course. It's a good idea to talk to an accountant at some point, no matter what your situation is. They're the ones with the numbers to hand, and they can give you a wider picture on the pros and cons of each approach. The talking of accountants, that's the next big question. Do you need one? What about a bookkeeper? Technically, it's possible to do it all yourself as a sole trader, assuming you're happy keeping the records and talking up the numbers. Limited companies are more complicated and generally need at least some help from an accountant. But beyond the minimum, why might you choose to work with someone on this? Here's Julie Christie, our photographer friend, on her experience. After a year in business, I realised that I could not do my own accounts. So I hired a bookkeeper at that point. And my bookkeeper kept my books up until a year ago. And then when I became a limited company, she said that, you know, I really should start thinking about getting an accountant. So I I now have a bookkeeper and I have an accountant and I chose them because they were the accountants that she worked with. So it's quite a streamlined process. And that's been amazing for me because all that time I would spend trying to organise my books, I can now spend actually trying to grow my business and bring some money in. Just to be clear here, Julie could have done her own accounts when she was a sole trader, but she either didn't have the aptitude or the inclination to learn how. Here's Gordon again on all those things Julie and our hypothetical gardener would have to think about. Bill is a self-employed trader. He deals with householders, primarily as his customers, and he's going to be issuing receipts. He's going to be receiving and making payments. He's probably... Very adept and competent at what he does during the day. But does he really want to come home at night and have to start logging every single receipt, every single payment? He's considering buying a van. Who's going to help him make the decision about whether he should purchase outright, lease the van? Can he afford a new van? He might want to boost his income in the quiet season over winter. If he goes to an accountant, he can use that accountant as a sounding board. His accountant We'll have a number of other clients who are in a seasonal trade and might be able to make suggestions that would help him look for new business, identify new opportunities so that he can increase his workload and stabilise his income during the winter period. So that's what it's all about. The receipts, the sales, the invoices. A bookkeeper can be a godsend in helping with all of that. And as Julie said, why waste time in admin when you should be growing your business? And in Gordon's point around advice, a good accountant will really help you to grow your business, using all of their experience to guide you the right way. For limited companies, that's not all they do. Think about Amy, our cafe owner again. I think Amy 
she'd certainly consider engaging an accountant early. She's got a limited company. There are reporting requirements for a limited company. Her accountant will ensure that she's compliant with these reporting requirements. She's engaging staff. She requires to operate a payroll. Again, she could delegate that responsibility to her accountants. They'll ensure that the payroll's filed in time, that the staff have pay slips, and can provide her advice on HR issues if required. It's likely that she'll be registered for VAT. Once again, the accountant can ensure that the VAT returns are prepared properly, the correct submissions are made, and they're made on time. With all that in mind, which to choose? Julie worked only with a bookkeeper when she was a sole trader, and then she took on an accountant when she went limited. Me, I did my own accounts when I was a sole trader. I only started working with the pros when I incorporated and started taking on staff. Which is the right path? It depends a lot on your aptitude with numbers and how organised you are. I'm not the slightest bit organised, so my accounts always ended up a day of stress at the end of the year. I'd take on a bookkeeper as soon as I could afford it if I had my time over. Okay, we're well into the finances now. That's a big part of the structure too. So how do we organise that once we've set up the business? The first thing you absolutely must do is to keep the business finances separate from your personal finances. So that obviously means a separate bank account. You don't want to be mixing the money up at all. It's a fundamental no-no. Okay, straightforward there. Keep your money apart no matter what structure you choose. While a new account is still just yours as a sole trader... It makes your bookkeeping so much easier. On that note, even if you do take on a bookkeeper, there's still a few things you have to do yourself, such as sending receipts, telling them who to invoice and all that kind of stuff. How do you deal with that? Pete and Patricia, here to help as always. You obviously need to keep really good records, and this is very often the problem. Receipts very quickly get out of hand. Invoicing can be difficult to stay on top of. Too many people use manual systems to do that. Right from the very beginning of my business, I saved one morning a week to do all the accounting and the invoicing, although some people say you should invoice immediately. I just, I personally put aside Friday morning invoicing and doing my accounts. It's a really good idea from a, an expenditure point of view, as well as a sort of mental health point of view, to put aside time, have a clear system and keep your receipts and expenditures very neatly filed. Recording that stuff is key, keeping track of everything. It's such a small job to do day to day, but if you leave it to pile up, it becomes huge. I mentioned I'm far from organised, so I struggled with it a bit, but Gordon outlines here why it's so important. In terms of knowing how much income you've got, Amy wants to know what her daily takings are. She'll have a cash register. She needs to record her Z reports every day. She needs to keep a record of it. Bill, on the other hand, probably not so important for him on a daily basis, but certainly on a weekly basis. He wants to know how much he's earned. He needs to issue receipts to clients. He needs to consider how much he's spending in petrol. Each of them have a different requirement for record keeping. No matter what type of business you run, you need to record the money coming in and going out and either send it to your help to track or log it yourself. The way I got around it was the way I solve a bunch of my problems and that's technology. Pete says it well here. 
there are some great software tools out there which are very, very reasonable, which can help you sort of get off on the right footing. So um, I use a system called FreeAgent. There's another one called Xero, X-E-R-O. These are great low-cost accounting systems which you can get going with really easily. But it really is just about making sure you know what's coming in from what sources. You're keeping really good records. I use FreeAgent too. You can check it out at thepodcasthost.com forward slash FreeAgent. But any system of that sort will let you do invoices, track receipts, create reports. And it's actually really useful to use it with your bookkeeper or your accountant. It really just ties everything together into one neat little package. If you're still struggling to decide on whether you should take on the help, whether that's a bookkeeper or an accountant, I'll leave you with Julie's ringing endorsement here. Remember though, do what you do best and leave the rest to an expert. Every year, end of January, all my fellow photographers are on Facebook moaning and groaning about filling in their tax returns and staying up all night for three nights in a row and I have nothing to do. It's all done. So I really can't, I can't recommend it enough. Thanks for listening to this episode of UK Business Startup a podcast which takes you step-by-step through starting a business. This episode was all about the structure of your company and how it manages its finances. If you want a recap and links to everything we've mentioned here, go to thepodcasthost.com forward slash startup.